Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, you road to growth listeners. Uh, today, we got Robert Klinkenberg. Klinkenberg, did I say that right? Klinkenberg, yeah. Okay. Not bad. Man, Not I, bad. I, I, I said it, we said it like twice before we got on the mic, and I still was like, oh, man, "Am I saying this right? I want to fit anyway." Okay, we're good. I've been, I've been called lots of things, so uh, yeah, you can pretty much get get me with what's, anything you want. What's the the worst? Uh, Klinkenberg with a K, <laughs> okay. and they thought they thought with my accent I was from Russia, and I'm thinking, wow. Russia? Wow. Okay, never heard that before. <laughs> Uh, no Slavia, I think. I think that's how you say it. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, so you're um, being a master of, of many things. You had a commercial landscaping business. You do a lot of coaching now. You also do some real estate investing. Um, how would you describe yourself? If you're if you're basically in an elevator with someone and someone asks you, who are you who are you, Robert? How would you describe yourself? I, I'm saying I'm a business coach who's there to get you out of working in the business to working on your business. Okay. Now, I've had a lot of a lot of coaches on on this platform. Something that I started to more recently do, right, is ask the question of what separates you from other coaches. I've been there. I've done that. Um, you know, I've took my business from growing it from scratch. You know, we started off in a, a lockup, um, getting there at four thirty in the morning, and over a period of fifteen years, took it to 20 million revenue, uh, 350 plus employees in multiple states, and then we sold to a $4 billion company. So I don't think there's many coaches that have done that. And then, you know, on top of that, you know, through my Ironman, I've now done four Ironman races. So I just have that discipline to be able to not only run my company, but go out and train 20 hours a week and be able to juggle that and a, a big family. You, I mean, maybe did you say you started with a, a lockup? Pretty much, uh, you know, just out of a, a gar garage, a, a small lockup. There was, um, yeah, there was just an eight by eight space, and that's how we started our landscape company. Oh, okay. So a lockup is just basically a storage space. So like a storage space. Yep. Oh, okay. The first time ever heard that. So fantastic. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> Uh, so have you always had like kind of like the, the entrepreneur mindset? I mean, building your own company, that has to be very, uh, or at least feel fairly daunting um, as you're growing, expanding, and then selling it off. Or have you always had the entrepreneur mindset? I, I think that's developed since I moved across the States. You know, I, I moved to from Scotland to the, uh, Arizona back in 99. And, I, you know, worked for the government. So I had a lot of basic jobs back in the UK. And, I think I had some type of desire at the back of my mind, but I think when I moved to the States, I think that was just, it flourished. I think I saw a lot of people in, in Scottsdale, Arizona had these nice houses, beautiful cars, you know, living this nice lifestyle. You know, when I was back in Scotland, uh, before I moved here, you know, the rain would bounce off the window. I'd be depressed. It'd be dark outside. Uh, so, I think as I came over here and I started asking questions, how, how are these people got this nice lifestyle? I started to get more and more intrigued and ask a lot of questions. And I think that's what prompted me into starting my business in 2001. 
So, so you, you were asking the questions of their lifestyle, how they accomplished that. I mean, what were the responses you were getting? You know, most people were either had their own business, they were entrepreneurs, or maybe they were, you know, executive CEOs within larger, you know, Fortune 100, 500 companies. So I thought, oh, well, that's intriguing. I don't know enough about that because we don't have that same type of levels of, of success across in the UK. So, you know, once I started to figure out, oh, yeah, well, there are people that could start their jobs and starting a job is not as daunting as was made out to me when I was young. So, yeah, just I start to ask all these questions when I first came across the Scots, partly because I, I didn't really know many people when I first moved over here. So I was obviously just trying to get out there and network as possible just to get, start to get know people, make some friends. Uh, so, yeah, I was pretty, um, pretty intrigued at the beginning. Do you think the idea of entrepreneur is, I guess, perceived differently in uh, back home where you're originally from to uh, here in the States? I think it's embraced more over here. I think there are some entrepreneurs, but I think it's definitely embraced and encouraged more over here. Um, for some reason, I don't know if it's just the mentality or just how people grew up. It's just a totally different mindset. And I think there's more of a tendency to rely on the government to take care of them, um, especially up in Scotland. I, mean, I think it's maybe a little bit more entrepreneurial down in England and around London, but... Yeah, we, we were not exposed to that same elements as you are over here. So you said the government's take uh, to help you out um, in, in Scotland. Like, what, what does that mean? Is it just not that that want to, to build your own product or is it just uh, sitting on your laurels or? Yeah, I think there's definitely sitting on your own laurels. There's, there's definitely more handouts. But um, I, I almost feel as though when people start to rise above the crop, um, become a little bit more successful, there's a tendency for people to rebel against that and almost start to chop you down. I, I don't know, again, I don't know why that is, but you, you people will go out their way to try and bring somebody down. And so it just, it's not very encouraging to go out there and be successful and have maybe some nice cars or some nice houses. I mean, don't get, get me wrong, there are some out there, but you know, when I when I came across this states in Scottsdale, and people, this is people's second or third houses and million or multi-million dollar houses and Ferraris, and and I'm thinking, wow, I've never ever experienced this in my life before. What brought you to uh, Scottsdale? I, I think just that opportunities. Um, my, my, you know, my parents went on vacation there, so they kept talking about, hey, you need to go there. So I did go on vacation the year before. I was just Again, I'd just gone through a divorce. I'd, I'd, you know, struggling in my job a little bit. So came out just to, you know, experience that life out there and take advantage of that nice summer, uh, sorry, winter sun. And after coming back, I thought, you know what, life is too short. I, I need to find somewhere to have those opportunities. And within, let me think, six months of me going on, on vacation, I pretty much sold my house, sold my car, and arrived in Phoenix with couple of suitcases and I thought right I'm, I'm here to here to try that journey how, how old are you at that time I, I, was, I can't remember exactly but probably early 30s but and what was interesting is here I, I walk into Phoenix Airport and I was thinking well where's the person with my name tag on it or where's that person giving me a million dollar check or where's the limousine taking me to the Ritz Hotel to you know be part of that American dream but of course, <laughs> that wasn't quite there. So, you know, I had no credit history. Um, 
and just thought, well, you know, I, I'm figuring it out. I'm strong enough. I've got a good mindset on me growing up in Scotland. So, yeah, that's when I then start to ask a lot of questions, talk to a lot of people, and just try and figure things out. When you're starting something from scratch, I mean, it, it again, it can be very daunting. Was there ever a moment that you thought about going back to Scotland, going to something you knew? Uh, there was not. I mean, definitely, I had my down periods. I got, you know, I got depressed at times, but um, I, I never. I think I'm just too headstrong and too determined <laughs> to ever think about going back. I mean, I had some visitors and some family that came out here. But I, I was just determined to be successful. I mean, you know, things like simple things like the sun, uh, be able to play sports outside without dealing with the rain and cold. That was, that was pretty appealing. So I, I just that Scottish determination, I think, really kicked in. Uh, so acclimating to the state, acclimating to Scottsdale, you're talking to people. How did you mostly come across new friends, new new colleagues, things like that? Or yeah, I mean, certainly friends. I mean, I, I, I'm a big sports guy, so I used to play a fair bit of soccer. I used to play a lot of rugby. So going to the local rugby team, I ended up being really successful there. It was part of the Arizona State team, so we traveled all around the, sort of the west coast of the States. So that definitely helped on the, the friendship side. And then business-wise, you know, I used to work really hard during the day and then at night I would go to some business events some networking events really just trying to, to get to know people and as I developed that friendships I started to pinpoint the people that did have their successful businesses and ask a lot of questions and I think that's where you know after working for a few people and somebody came up to me at a networking event I said well why you not when, when you start your own business you've got the mindset you've got that determination why don't you go in and do your own thing and I thought oh Never thought about that. So yeah, in 2001, I just, because I didn't really have any, um, I wasn't married, no kids at the time. I thought, well, nothing else to lose. So I just jumped in and started the business in uh, May of 2001. How long were you working at the, I'm assuming it was a landscaping company that you're working at previously before you started your own, correct? Yeah, landscape company. I worked there for roughly two, two and a half years. It's probably one of the nation's largest companies and great company. I learned a lot from them. But they were they were all around looking at the how profitable they were rather than taking care of the clients. And I was more, hey, I want to take care of quality. I want to take care of my clients. So you're having the positivity of taking the jump. You already took a big jump of, of moving to, to Arizona. Now, when did you take the jump or how long was the process of taking the jump to starting your own company? So you're working at the company. How long did the first thought go, I can build my own company to the time you actually left? Uh, you know, I was probably in the States for, I think, roughly two and a half, three years before I started my own company. So, yeah, once I started to build some credit history, um, you know, I got my social security number start to get that networked out there. I start to get a little bit of a reputation of just being, you know, being able to successfully follow through and what people asked me to do. Then I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll get, give things a go. And, you know, I had no concept at all to getting it to the size it was. I was just thinking, oh, maybe if I hit a million dollars a year, then I'd be happy. But it, it just started to snowball from there. So, um, yeah, probably two, two and a half years. What what do you think was the most difficult thing about growing your business? 
just that lack of business knowledge. I mean, I'm really good at you know the landscape piece, uh, but just really struggled with the financial part. So cash flow was a huge issue at the beginning. I'm really just trying to juggle between, you know, almost you're almost like a solopreneur where you're you're trying to get new sales in, you're trying to deal with the operation side of things, you're trying to network, you're trying to do all the social media. So trying to juggle all these things was, was pretty tough. But you know, I, I'd say the biggest part I struggled with was the financial part, just because it wasn't it wasn't easy for me. And how did you kind of get through that? I, I hired a, a part-time bookkeeper at first, and you know, I still struggled for a number of years. And I think probably after, I say probably after four or five years, I started to uh, I brought in a fractional CFO. So they just helped to look at my books and give me these high-level recommendations. And I had that fractional CFO through until early 2008, and I would say that person was pivotal pivotable on identifying where I wasn't making money in the business, uh, which was key because we went into that, obviously that downtime in 2008 through 10. And if we were still doing some specific work that we were struggling making money, then we could easily go out of business. But he helped to identify um, those early signs that we weren't making money here. Oh, wow. And then from, from there, when was the 2008 when do you end up selling your company in the end? Sold it in uh, 2016. So I, I just realized that, you know, some of the leadership team and I, I had a partner at that time that I was beginning to go a little bit sideways with. And I, and I still had that growth mindset. I still wanted to expand to different states. We even had some huge opportunities in Florida. And we were just, you know, beginning to bump heads. So I just went back to him after you know listening to some real thought leaders, Vern Harnish and some other great leaders out there. And I thought, well, life again goes back to that whole mindset when I left Scotland is life is too short. I want to I want to really figure out where I can take this. So went back to him and said, hey, let's either sell the company to each other, or you know, or maybe we keep things together for a while and sell it to a larger company. And that's ultimately what we did. And in August. 2015, we uh, contacted an investment banker. He helped to package up our company, make it look really good. And then we put it out to market. We had roughly 17 companies that came to see us uh, between August and December that year. And by the time middle of uh, January came in 2016, we had six, seven offers on the table and some, you know, some really nice offers. So it gave us a, a nice position to be in. Did you ever, and then when you sold it, did you ever have any regrets of not wishing you sold it? I had regrets not being able to take the company where I wanted to take it. Um, I, I definitely didn't miss my partnership arrangements. You know, I ended up working for the parent company for, you know, two years out of a three-year contract. And I was hoping at that time that, you know, we would go slightly different directions as put us in different parts of this, you know, data. The, the buyers were 4 billion, 35,000 employees. So I was hoping that we'd somewhat get split up into that larger company and that didn't quite happen. So, yeah, I, I went through, I had probably more so of a bigger adjustment when I left the company after two years working with them because I felt as though I had 
16, 17 years of then suddenly being unplugged from my desk, from my desktop, from my office and all my, my leadership team. And that was definitely a big struggle for me for probably six months, uh, you know, figuring out what, what do I want to do next and actually brought in a, a life coach to be able to just talk me through that. So that was probably more of a struggle to me than, uh, you know, splitting up with my partner. If you could look back at your, yourself, that person that was uh, in the process of selling it, or even someone listening right now that's trying to sell their company or in the process of selling it, is there anything that they could do or you would have done to maybe transition you out a little bit smoother, I guess? I, I think, first of all, I'd say, do they really want to sell? I mean, people talk about exit planning and they immediately jump to actually selling the company. But I think there's two or three different options out there. You could, you know, pass it on to your employees. You can you know, find somebody that's going to run the business for you. And then you maybe you can t go into different passions, but still get some cash flow from the business. Or yes, there's, a, there's an ultimate sell. So I think that'd be the first question is really truly determine if you want to sell it. Cause even, you know, I challenge people that, you know, if it's making, 15, 20% net profits, um, you know, that's, that's a nice cash flow. If you take the money you get out of the business, if you do sell it, is there something that you could get a similar return uh, if you put it into the stock market or some other investment? So that, that's that's probably the biggest question right there. Um, but, you know, the, and then the second part of that is what, what are you truly passionate about? Is there something that you really are, have more of a passion about whether it be real estate, uh, whether it be some, you know, other, you know, if you want to become an artist, I heard somebody talking to somebody yesterday who'd uh, sold their business and they were now doing a lot of art, something they were super, super passionate about and have never had that opportunity before. So really truly think about what do you want to do life after you selling your business? Do you think it would be, I mean, you got a life coach after you sold the business, after you transitioned out, do you think having a life coach before you transition to the business to be positive or? Yeah, I, I would say having a life co coach beforehand because they can ask you some of those difficult questions and really ask you, you know, what, what do you truly want to do? And then um, build that roadmap of where you're going. So uh, I would say getting a life coach a little bit earlier, I think would be key because, you know, some people think, well, I'm going to go to the beach every day or I'm going to play golf every day. And I think generally most people find you'll get pretty bored after that. Um, so yeah, I think life coach beforehand would be super helpful. And, and you talked about the idea of uh, investing in real estate previously. Was that something you did while you're with the company or has that been mostly after? I had a couple of small investments, you know, we had, uh, with our uh, Nevada branch, we had, uh, a townhouse right on the strip so that we use that as a little bit of an investment we had another vacation house up in uh, flagstaff arizona so you know single family homes you know, a little bit of investment there i unfortunately didn't take um the pursuit of owning an office I, i'd wish i'd done that earlier i've had an office that i could could have um leased to the buyer after I'd sold my company, so I wish I'd done that. But I've I've definitely taken my real estate investing to another level. I'm now well part of maybe syndicate, maybe nine different apartments and a couple of commercial properties, multiple single family home rental properties. So I, I, I definitely enjoy the real estate now. I'm still learning a lot from other people. But uh, yeah, I've taken it to a whole different level. 
how, how involved are you with uh, being that you're in your these purchases on these properties? It sounds like with groups. How involved are you with the day to day or involved in the, the purchasing aspect? What's what's that look like for you? Not, not a huge amount. Um, I, I rely on people who are the experts in there, so I'll definitely lean in them. My, my, my passion now is more coaching, going into different business owners. So some include some real estate companies and some real estate developers and helping them scale up their business so that, you know, what are some of the blind spots they're facing? What are some of the challenges with uh, the people they need to build their business or systems? So, um yeah, I'll, I'll lean on the experts for my real estate stuff, but I, st I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I definitely enjoy that coaching part. How, how did the, the coaching part come about? You're with the life coach. You left the company. Where did, where did the transition come from or when did that happen? I, th I think once the coach helped me to establish what my why is, so, you know, we went through a long a ton of exercises and I figured out my why was to make a positive impact on others. So I thought, well, again, I've got all this experience of growing my business, making a ton of mistakes along the way. How can I go in and make a positive impact on, on business owners to take them to a place where they're actually enjoying their business again? You know, prime example, I have a client here locally who's running huge business, you know, 35, 40 million a year totally miserable, you know, no, not spending any time with his family, uh, very low vacations. He was coming into work every day and just dealing with all the employee issues. I, absolutely miserable, just wanted to get rid of the business um, without taking any of the value from it. And we got to a place through a period of six months to a year where we, we found somebody to effectively run the business for him. So it was like a COO person and gave him the KPIs, the structure, and be able to run the business. So here we are now, nearly two years later. Again, the business is doing better than ever. The owner is off spending way much more time with his family on vacation every every month, and uh, just in a lot better place. So just I, that really sits well with me. I feel as though yes, let's let's get all these owners out there that are really struggling and not they're almost hiding what. The, the challenges they're facing, they're putting up that stone wall around them to give the perception of being being happy. But I think when you actually dig a little bit deeper, a lot of them really struggle with all the different pressures on them. The um, how do you I mean? How do you come across these individuals? How do you how do you build your portfolio of, of people you're working with, the clientele? Is it strictly word of mouth, or is it? I mean, most business owners are probably getting your services. How does that come about? Yeah, I, I do a um, fair bit of networking. I get a lot of referrals. Most of my work comes through referrals, but you know, I'm on social media. I do a bunch of stuff on LinkedIn. I have my own podcast show. So I'm trying to just cover all the different bases, but um, it, it's definitely nice when you get referred from existing clients where they can actually say, hey, you know, since Robert's come on board, you know, my, my, I'm making more profit. I'm spending less time at work. I'm working more on the business. And it's just, just, it's super, super great to hear. Now, let's say we're talking in five years from now, where where are you going to be and where's your coaching business going to be? So I, I'm still wanting to uh, keep growing my business. I've, you know, I've, I've now 
added on some facilitation of some peer groups. So peer groups are groups of anywhere from six to eight companies. And now I have a team of people that will go in and facilitate those meetings. So they'll meet typically three to four times a year and all different types of businesses. And just, it's almost like a board of directors for, for some of these CEOs. So I want to try and bring more people onto my coaching team. So again, we're out there more making a difference. We have probably 60, 70 clients throughout the US and Canada. So I want to keep expanding that. I'd love to even move into Europe and maybe even down to uh, Mexico, Costa Rica. So if I could keep building onto my team and almost like embracing that roadmap that I train them on and coming up with a system that um, I can repeat around the world, then I think that would be really satisfying for me. If, if let's say, I mean, not necessarily a, a, a client, but someone that wants to be a, an employee um, and build their own coaching business, what are things that you look for in that person bringing them on to your team? You know, it goes back to one of the things I've said at the beginning. If, if somebody can come onto my team who has experience as being an entrepreneur and successful entrepreneur, whatever size of company, then I think there's a lot more respect from the CEOs that need help. Because rather than somebody that's just gone to school and you know, maybe learned a lot of good things, but if you've been through the grind and woken up some days in a sweat because you don't know how you cover a payroll, or you've maybe learned how to scale your sales side of your business to be able to become like a national sales force. I mean, I'd love to hear from those types of potential coaches and be able to share that experience with other business owners. I think they can just relate more. And one thing we haven't even touched on is your Ironman. When did that start? I mean, that has to be very daunting and uh, <laughs> kind of going that direction. What happened there? So I, um, you know, I, as I said earlier, I was a big, football soccer guy I moved into rugby and I think once I started to get a little bit more damage to I had a bunch of broken bones broke my nose I think six times in one season so when I was going into client meetings with my face all messed up I thought oh, maybe it's time for a change so started getting a little bit into running and then I met a local triathlon club within my neighborhood in Scottsdale and, you know, as my wife keeps calling, they're almost like a cult. They kept sucking me into that whole triathlon. But I think I really embraced that group because not only were they successful people in business, but they were just very dedicated. They were very determined, just played at a higher level. So it's just something that really um, I, I could relate to. So, yeah, I started off with doing some smaller races, some sprints and some olympic distance and i you know you can't really see me here but i'm a big 210 220 rugby player so if you could see me swimming you know my <laughs> my feet are dragging along so i mean I, I literally could swim one length of the pool doing breaststroke when i first started training for a race and through through motivation through surrounding myself with the right people then I got that training needed to start doing some longer distance races. So, yeah, back in 2009 was my first Ironman race in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona. And I finished it in oh, just over 11 hours. So, you know, again, back at that time, our company was cranking. We were doing, yeah, easily 19, 20 million. I had all these employees. And here I was dedicating 
20, 25 hours a week training. So I had to be like super hyper-focused on, you know, my training plan, make sure I had a training plan. I had to prepare the night before. I had to make sure I carved out at least a two or three hours a day of training. But meanwhile, running my own business, going into meetings, being prepared for agenda. So I, when I started to think about, well, how can I somewhat write down my story about my book? I said, well, how can I relate both the training for a, an Ironman race versus running a business. And there's a lot of similarities where, you know, you can't just come into work every day and just maybe expect some more revenue to be coming in. Why don't you build a roadmap or a training plan on where you're going in the future, you know, 10, 15 years out and start working your way back. It's the same with a race. You know, if you've got a race that's six to 12 months out, write down your plan, look at what you need to do every single day and be intentional about where you're going, where your growth journey is going. So, yeah, I started to write my book. I got my book published, I think, roughly about two years ago. Uh, it's a short book, you know, 100 pages long, but um, you know, there's a lot of things that you can compare, compare between doing some triathlon training and running your business. Well, thank you, Robert, for, for being here. Um, so the best way for them, people reaching out to you if they're looking to get coaching, is it through your website or what's the best platform? Yeah, probably the website. The Radix Group, R-A-D-I-X, the Radix Group, LLC.com. Or if people wanted to connect to me through my LinkedIn profile, be happy to connect with them or send them a sample of my book. Uh, they can get my book through through Amazon or through my website. But, uh, yeah, short read, two-hour read. Yeah, no, very, very short. I mean, um, thank you. Thank you for being here, Robert. Hopefully uh, everyone got some great nuggets from here. Uh, Robert's information is in the show notes right there. Uh, I, I think the roadmap, I mean, that, for everyone, I mean, it's, it can seem very daunting if you said, oh, I sold my business, yada, yada, yada. I sold my business for, to a billion dollar company. You go, well, well how, how did it start? It started with one lawn to the next lawn to the next lawn to the next lawn. Just had a roadmap. And that's, I think, in, uh, a huge takeaway, I think, for anyone listening is things seem daunting if you don't have a roadmap. Yeah, and don't don't focus too much on the ultimate goal. If you can have some small wins along the way, daily wins, weekly wins, then you're slowly going to progress. But um, yeah, it's just just like I'm not encouraging people to go out and do a triathlon. But if you're not not exercising right now, then maybe just start with a walk around the block, and then next day maybe try a little bit further. So um, yeah, you just slow wins and celebrate them along the way. Well, thank you again, Robert. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to the to Road, Road to Growth podcast. Please subscribe, please share, and go find Robert. Thank you for listening to the Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.